Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Rashvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. In this episode, we have the pleasure of having two members of the Fuel Venture Capital leadership team with us, Maggie Vo and Olivia Gaudry. Maggie is a managing partner and CIO at Fuel Venture Capital, a Miami-based founder-focused fund. She has years of investing experience as an angel investor and through her prior experience at Blue Shores Capital. Olivia is a partner and core analyst at the fund and has past experience in equity research. Thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Maggie and Olivia. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Good morning, Rashvina. Uh, We're very happy to be here. Awesome. So let's get started. Um, Why don't we start this conversation by you guys telling me a little bit more about your individual journeys into investing? What motivates you to really pursue um, funding startups? Yes, and I'm going to go first um, and, you know, Leah will answer right after me. But, um, you know, since I was young, I always know that, you know, my passion is in finance, in investment and in math. And that's the reason why um, I pursue a double degree uh, in math and finance. Uh, I also have my CFA, which is a certified financial analyst uh, designation. I think that's one of the most uh, respected, um, you know, designation in the financial industry. Um, and I, you know, I, the goal back then was I really want to work for different fund management business, expose myself to different asset class so that I can find my passion. That's the first thing. And also I, I do think that, you know, um, investor always want to build a diversified portfolio. So it's important to understand different asset class because that's the only way you can advise them to build a diversified portfolio. So I spent some time um, in Vietnam, where I was originally from, working for Prudential PLC uh, UK um, in an equity, um, you know, fund management uh, business. And also I moved to Singapore working for another real estate fund. Uh, and right before joining Fuel Venture Capital, I was holding hon- um, um, a portfolio manager position, managing a global longshore equity strategy. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, I, I got a very good experience in, in investment and also have a strong, you know, um, um, education from my CFA and my degree. Uh, but during that time, I noticed that when I work with my clients, they, um, they start looking out of the traditional asset class. That was back in, you know, 2000 starting 2015, 16, and 17. Right. Um, and they, they looked into alternative investment, especially private equity and, and venture capital. That's just because, you know, the interest rate is on time low mm-hmm. uh, and bond is not attractive at all. And the equity market is going up in a way, making people feel very concerned about the volatility and the future returns. Yep. Uh, and also at the same time, there's another trend that I noticed that um, a lot of, you know, tech companies these days um, nowadays, you have tech companies uh, came to the public market when it's you know already a unicorn or big valuation, big revenue yeah. numbers. So the insight from that trend basically you know tell you that um, a lot of companies stay in the private market to raise funds. 
and to enjoy their growth runway and you know to have a lot of value creation and that benefit the private investor more so than the public investor and that just prompted me to leave the public market so that i can find the opportunity for my clients for my investor um, to be able to invest um, in you know um, early stage technology company and to you know i i will be able to create more alpha to them and i think that's the reason why i i, I start looking out and you know when i uh came across jeff Ransdale, the managing director of your venture capital uh with my experience in fund management business uh, i believe that i can add a lot of value to the fund um, and i decide to join your venture capital um, and, and today I'm a managing director and also the chief investment officer managing um, all of the investment related activities. Great. <laughs> yeah, Olivia, if you want to, if you want to also talk to us about um, your journey. Of course. So for me, my individual journey into investing really started from an early age with my parents. So my father was an entrepreneur or is an entrepreneur and my mother is a CPA. Uh, who previously worked at Deloitte and Touche and then worked for the city of Miami-Dade. And so as I grew up, my parents were very open about discussing businesses that they were operating at the time and sharing their successes and their failures with me. And, you know, really what it takes to successfully fund and roll out a startup. And one thing that I learned from my father early on was that before you became or become your own boss, you need to accumulate some strong technical and soft skills. And so with that in mind, I applied to work at a small boutique hedge fund. And that's where I met Maggie. Um, so through a few years working there, I built my relationship working with Maggie and we kept in contact for several years after that, after our paths had, had split. And Maggie came to me um, when she had a position open and she thought of me. And, you know, part of that touches upon the reality for women in VC, right? I, I fully recognize that part of getting a job is, is intellect, it's tenacity, and, but it's also the fact that you need someone to realize that you have those two features, even though you're a woman, right? And so facing a reality that, according to a Harvard business study, only 12% of decision makers in VC in the US are female, I was lucky enough to have Maggie, who is in a position to advocate for me at Fuel Venture Capital. And so, you know, with that relationship with Maggie, I was able to get a foot in the door. And of course, at that point, you have to prove yourself and work really hard. Um, and now I am where I am today, which is a, a partner and a court analyst of the firm. Amazing. And yes, what you said is, is very true. And we will talk about inclusivity um, a little bit later, but this is a prime example of why having a mentor or um, someone within the firm who recognizes you know, the, the hustle, the, the talent, um, irrespective of gender, is really, really important to, to move forward with um, gender equality in the industry. Um, amazing. So my second question is more around fuel, Fuel's um, investment thesis. What really differentiates the fund um, from other VC funds? 
So, you know, uh, as you introduced about us earlier, Fuel Venture is a, you know, Miami-based VC fund. Um, we invest in, you know, technology companies, um, you know, from early stage to late stage, uh, especially company knows how to leverage the transformative technology um, to, to grow exponentially. Um, and our mantra is founder focus and investor driven. So there's a couple of things, you know, when people ask me about how fuel uh, VCs, you know, is differentiated. And I always, you know, there's a couple points, and I think that I'm going to take some and, and pass some to Olivia. So as I mentioned earlier, I came from the public market and also our managing director, Jeff Ransdell, he after his, you know, he built his career 22 years in Wall Street in Merrill Lynch uh, and he became one of the six people running Merrill Lynch. Uh, he decided that, you know, he want to, just like me, want to, to move to the, the private market. And, but coming from the public market, you always have some, you know, DNA or knowledge experience that, you know, you uh, have accumulated so far. So when we move to the private market, we want to make sure that we, um, you know, bring the, the, the process, the plan process and discipline, the transparency, you know, and, and me from the hedge fund, I want to bring the risk mitigation approach for the benefit of our investor, um, especially the people that who have not been exposed to the creative um, economy. So, you know, like a couple of things we, we always emphasize uh, and help them to understand more about the risk at the early stage. Like we say that, you know, if if you're looking for, you know, a seven fund and eight fund adding to your portfolio uh, and similar to, you know, fund in Silicon Valley, maybe we are not because we strategically built our fund in Miami for a reason, right? I mean, Miami, you, you're very close to Latin America and, and very close to Europe too. So I think that we position very well uh, to build for ourselves a, a global uh, portfolio. Right now, just give you some number. Uh, we have about 30% in, in Europe. Um, and I think um, about 13% in Latin America, which I expect that that number will increase. 17% on the West Coast and 40% uh, on the East Coast and different way to diversify, right? Not just from the global basis, which really help a lot with our strategic partnership that we uh, uh, were, you know, we managed to establish in different regions, like from Israel to Europe. Uh, we also diversify the portfolio from the tax standpoint. Um, you know, the portfolio right now, we, we invest in both, uh, in all of the, the new tech, but we have nice position in FinTech. We expose to IoT, big data, um, AI, uh, machine learning, AR, VR and uh, diversify in terms of the stage uh, financing too. And I'm going to pass to Olivia to talk a little a bit about, you know, how we involve with Miami. And that's, I think that's one of the things very, uh, make us really different. Yeah, so like Maggie was talking about, we, you know, we do have a local focus and, you know, we, we, we do understand that VC is a global game. So we have our network of strategic partners externally, but within Miami itself, we're, we're very bullish and active within the community. In fact, um, we've actually invested 27% in Florida-based startups. Um, so, and that's 27% out of 30 companies that we've invested in. So quite a, a large percentage of our portfolio, which we see as um, something that we're very proud about. Um, but beyond that, I think that another thing that you know differentiates us is that we really, in everything we do, we 
we try to play to our, our differences. We, our team itself, we represent seven different countries. We speak five different, different languages. So we don't just talk about differences. We are different in everything that we do. Um, and, and I think the last thing to answer this question, right? I, I mentioned earlier, the mantra is founder focus and investor driven. We, we, we work, we, we serve the investor, but we know that, you know, we, we want to focus on helping our founders. That's the main, that's the reason when you, you know, go to our website, or maybe if you have a chance to visit our, you know, headquarters in, in Miami, you notice that we build surround ourselves with different, um, we call it a fuel station right and fuel station means that we build different group to support our founders working with a lot of founders in different stage we realize that you know capital is just one thing one of our founders need support a lot in different area um, early stage you might need more tech support to build a product and when you you know grow a little bit older or more mature um, when you scale the company you need to hire talents you need to have you know your sales and marketing teams you need to have your pr team to help you to put your name out there to to get you know people known and trusted you so around us in 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 coconut grove miami we we have you know a small ecosystem and we have different fuel station uh to to help us to be able to you know help the, the founders from idea to exit absolutely and i've seen this a lot and we've had a number of early stage vcs on the podcast itself but the idea of the concept of a venture studio and like you said having um a support system around hiring marketing technology is is more and more common so uh, it's great to see you guys uh work on that especially in the miami um, region and my next question is actually about miami so i'm really curious and i'm sure our listeners are really interested as well to hear more about the venture and innovation scene in miami are there any major observations that you can share with us yeah so miami has really been an incubator for cultural and economic ideas for a long time it just took a little while for everyone else to recognize this and you know, COVID really drove attention to Miami because of the remote work mandates and entrepreneurs and funders thought, you know, why am I working out of Sandhill when costs of living are so high or, or New York and there's not as much of a work-life balance. And so they looked to places like Miami. Um, and when Jeff founded Fuel Venture Capital back in 2017, he recognized Miami's potential early on. Right. He, he recognized beyond the tropical climate and the lack of state income tax, he saw that it was a natural hub for Latin America, Europe and the US and the diversity and the multiculturalism that that brought along with it in terms of entrepreneurs. And so when Fuel VC was founded, we were really one of the the only VC firms. Who are located in Miami, and we are actually even fewer ones who participated in the community and invested in the community. And I think that that's you know a key thing there because we've seen a lot of startups who have recently made the transition down to Miami, and we think that's very important to the ecosystem. Um, but we also want to see more investors supporting the ecosystem like we are doing, because this is really what helped to spur the revolution of Silicon Valley was that the community got behind 
the startups. And you know, so so we are we are making moves in the community to try to draw attention to the startups that are being born out of Miami. And you know, the the bigger the the startups get, the more exits that occur within the Miami community, the more capital will be, um, you know, drawn back to Miami. Great. And um, I just want to now switch gears and talk uh, a little bit more. And you mentioned this uh, while answering the first question, but let's talk about gender dynamics in VC. Um, what have you experienced um, with regards to the gender disparity, which is very obvious? And you mentioned some stats earlier. And what do you think can be done better? So, you know, I think, and 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 I think is you know at, at VC you know we, we always talk about VC is a very male-dominated space, and which is you know it's a fact, it's not an opinion, and because of that, I mean Olivia and I both thinks that you know we're very lucky um, to you know have the opportunity to you know to be at few venture capitals because you know that most things do start at the top of the house and you know attitude reflects leadership it's always has and it's always will um, and i think that you know without the culture that's supporting female supporting minority at field venture capital both me and oliva will not you know be at the position that we are today mm -hmm. in a very short um, amount of time um, but it's not it cannot just be about opportunity about recognizing it right i, I do think that uh, at the end of the day, VC is a very challenging business too. So we still have to get things done. Uh, and, and with that, I, you know, I hold myself to a very high standard. And, you know, for a female founder or, you know, female analysts work under me, I always try to like coach them and, you know, do my best to, to bring them to that high standard and for them to reach the potential. Uh, but I think a, a couple of problems, as I can see, and you can see even more during the past year uh, when, you know, like during the pandemic, because, you know, when, when the pandemic happened, when, when things, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, happening around, investors really aware of the risk. And when they're aware of the risk, they're likely to stick to their existing network to make any investment. And a problem with the existing network is, you know, VC is a voice club. So they, they stick to their, to their network. Or when there's a lot of risk, they, they tend to invest in something that they are related to or familiar with. And with the system right now is still very male-dominated. Um, for example, that, you know, from the Harvard Review, which we read a lot is you know back in 2019 the amount of funding went to the woman-led startup is very small it's like 2.8 percent to me it's kind of you know very small and it's even go a little bit lower during the pandemic um and i think you know that the first problem is, is start from the top we need to have more female holding the position um as the you know investment decision maker and you know giving the, the, the female founder the fair chance like for example when i look at the when I perform the due diligence on the companies, I will be more focused on KPI driven, on the milestone, looking at the company, you know, with a fair view, not because it's a 
you know, the founder is a male or female. And I think that is very important. And then, you know, when you have more people um, at the high position making investment, you give the opportunity to female founders. Female founder will run the fund. And, you know, just some statistic, that, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting when I, I read the statistic, but they say that women venture capitalists to make the decision, they are twice as likely to invest in female founding team. And then start up with a female founder, fill their staff with two and a half times more women. So you can see that if you fix things from the top and then it's go down to the female founder, female founder will create more job opportunity for you know female employee. And I think that is a very positive thing that we need to encourage. Uh, and you know, me holding this position, I always try to you step out and do more. Um, I share my story to inspire my you know, female founders. I recently got a reward diversity and inclusion from South Florida Business Journal um, so that, you know, I can do more in my power at my, you know, at my position to encourage that trend, um, you know, going into that positive direction. Great. Um, and um, Olivia, did you have anything to add based on your experience or observations you've had um, with regards to women in venture capital? Yeah, I think just, you know, in my life, and it actually sort of mirrors what uh, my mother experienced when she worked at Deloitte and Touche back in the 80s was that, you know, for her mentorship, which we, we have discussed, you know, elsewhere in this podcast was very important for her and helped her to get the position that, you know, she ultimately was in, which was managing 200 people underneath her. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, I've had a similar experience. Um, getting the foot in the door at Fuel BC was, you know, testament to having a mentor in Maggie and getting to the position where I am today as partner of the firm is due to the time and the energy and the mental capacity that Maggie has invested in me. Um, you know, so it's, there's a clear delineation in, in, in my life or a, a clear line in terms of where I am today and, you know, Maggie mentoring me. So, you know, just like Maggie is using her position to, to give back to the community in terms of uh, the knowledge that she's learned and is imparting on people around her and female founders around her and, you know, myself and other partners who come into the firm. Um, I hope to do the same thing within the Miami startup community. And, you know, what I've been doing is getting more involved in, in, millennial based local startup scenes down in Miami to find my own group that I can mentor and give advice to. Um, I think that that's something that, you know, is, is often undervalued, but um, creating those connections in the community and giving back and trying to help people to become better versions of themselves is, is the best way that we can, um, you know, raise women in, in VC, in, in startups, and just in the workforce. Completely echo everything you guys said. And uh, Maggie, I really liked your point about, you know, women, the way we think about investment decisions is purely on, um, not to say that, you know, every man is thinking about gender, but like you said, it's very much you usually when you think about taking risks, you're going to a network that's familiar to you. And unfortunately, right now, that network is very male um, oriented. But I think in addition to just, you know, making an objective investment decision, um, I think having women 
in the investment uh, at the investment table also helps identify a lot of you know businesses that would otherwise not be fully comprehended by a lot of firms whether that's in the healthcare consumer or even deep tech spaces so i think um i completely agree with you that having those women um, at the decision table is, is very very important Amazing. Thank you so much, Maggie and Olivia, for um, joining us for these questions. Before we end this conversation, I do have a few really quick um, fun questions for you guys, and I want an honest uh, answer if you can. So uh, if you're ready, I'll get started. Sure. sure. Um, so my first question is, what is your favorite city in the world and why? Uh my favorite city in the world is Tokyo. Uh, I mean, besides the passion for investment, I'm a foodie and, you know, I always like to travel to eat. And for some reason, my husband and I really enjoy our experience in Tokyo. I will have to stick closer to home. I'm a Florida girl born and raised. I stayed here <laughs> for college and, you know, I love Florida. So Miami is, it, it sounds like a, a biased response, but I do love Miami. I love the multi multiculturalism. I love how, you know, I'm a minority in Miami. Miami, I think it, it opens up so many new perspectives. Amazing. Uh, my second question is, um, any books that, you've read in the, in the past that have really inspired you? Um, you know, I, I read a lot of books, but I think, you know, like people say, right, the first one, the first few one is always the one really make an impact on you, maybe because at that time you was very young, so it's easier to make an impact. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the book um, I like a lot is um, Outliners by Malcolm uh, Gladwell mm -hmm. um, and you know what hit me from that book which I think that I hold myself to to that philosophy a lot is to me an outliner is just you know people who who have the intelligence and who work very hard um, to accumulate the knowledge the experience so that when you know opportunity comes um, along they know how to you know kind of like embrace it and I think that is exactly how my journey like 17 years in American has been um, happening to me I always work very hard um, you know I, I always keep my my eyes and my mind very open try to learn new things uh, and to make sure that when opportunity comes, um, I can recognize it and, and I can do my best. Um, and, and maybe I think that's the reason why I'm here today as this position, because I always, you know, thinking and believing in that philosophy. And for me, I would say, and this is, this is a book of a, a comp compilation of, of letters, but it is formatted into a book, which is the annual letters, um, written by Warren Buffett. I often look at those and, you know, every year and can, you can pull so many things from one of the, the greatest businessmen and recognize, you know, learn from mistakes and, 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 um, and pull value from them. So that's, that's one thing that I always set a goal for myself every year is, is to read through all of his shareholder letters. I had no idea they compiled that in a book, but I will definitely check it out now. It sounds really interesting. Um, and my last question before we end this conversation, um, who has been a big role model in your life? And that can be personal, it can be professional. 
you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> my answer uh, it ties back to the whole podcast, but um, I think that um, it's very, it's, I'm in a unique position that I've been able to find someone who has invested so much in myself, and that's, you know, Maggie, and there's so much that she does that I look up to and hope to emulate, um, you know, as I grow and learn more. Um, I think that, you know, the, the, I think Maggie's honestly, um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, yeah, Maggie would be my answer. I, I, I find it very flatter. It's actually the first time somebody asked Olivia that and I, I heard the, the answer from her. Um, regarding about my my answer, um, when I, you know, when I heard the last question, um, I, I push it to Olivia to go first so that I can have some time to think about it. <laughs> my problem, I think is like, I, I have multiple one, I just don't have one. And in, even that, that thinking is in, in mentor too. I have a lot of mentors, can be male, can be female, because one thing in life is I always try to, you know, to go and learn the best from each person. And everybody, like I say, nobody can be good at everything, but some, some they very, you know, very good at, let's say, EQ emotional intellection uh, and some very good at you know something in life and I just kind of like learn a little bit pick up here and there from them especially uh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm in American here by myself so I, I always want to build myself a network of mentor a network of people surrounded me so that I can learn um, so I don't have one but I should say that I have multiple and normally it's just the people in my you know in my in my daily life. I, I agree with that. I personally also have multiple mentors. I also think you make uh, meet mentors at different stages of your life. So like you said, you're always learning something new from someone new. So um, awesome. Thank you so much, Maggie and Olivia for joining us today. Um, thank you for sharing your stories, your advice and your insights on um, the venture space in Miami. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank for you, Ashwina. Bye-bye.